Abraham Lincoln in his first inaugural address on the eve of the Civil War speaking to a bitterly divided nation prayed that we would be touched by the better angels of our nature. Perhaps President Lincoln, a man deeply steeped in Bible, was channeling our patriarch Isaac as such an example. Of our three patriarchs, Isaac does come off as the weakest, somewhat of a pawn in the, in the biblical writer's hand. He is sandwiched between his father and his son, on one end, Abraham, the iconoclast, the bold pioneer who marks the beginning of the Jewish people. And on the other hand, Jacob, the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, the God wrestler, whose very name is changed to Yisrael, our namesake to this day. And in, and in the middle is Isaac. Isaac, the one acted upon rather than the initiator. His birth is laughable. Isaac, whose mere presence in the world drives his mother, consumed by jealousy, to cast his older brother Yishmael into the wilderness. Isaac, the one let up Mount Moriah to be slaughtered by his father only for an angel to stay Abraham's hand at the last moment. Isaac, whose marriage to Rebekah is arranged by his father's servant. Isaac, the victim of his wife, Rebekah, and son Jacob's conniving scheme to usurp his blessing intended for the rightful Esau. Well, you get the idea. Yet, I would argue, Isaac gets short shrift. At a fracture time in our own country, we do well to reclaim Isaac's legacy this evening. We read in this week's Torah portion, Toldot, Isaac sowed in the land and reaped a hundredfold the same year. The Lord blessed him, the man grew richer and richer until he was very wealthy. He acquired flocks and herds and a large household so that the Philistines envied him. And the Philistines stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug up in the days of his father Abraham, filling them with earth. And the Philistine king Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, you have become too large for us. So Isaac, departed from there and encamped in the Wadi of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac dug anew the wells which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, in which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham's death. And he gave them the same name that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants, digging in the Wadi, found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water is ours. Isaac named that well Essek because they contended with him. 
And when they dug another well, they disputed over that one also. So they named it Sitna, literally hostility. Isaac moved from there and dug yet another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called it Rechovot, saying, now at last the Lord has granted ample space to be fruitful in the land. So think about this for a moment. Isaac is the child of immigrants. His mom and dad traveled from Ur of the Chaldeans, modern-day Iraq, to Canaan to settle in the land of Israel, a land of promise flowing with milk and honey. Our biblical narrative is no fairy tale. Coming to a new land as an immigrant is not easy. The people already in the land, in this case the Philistines, understandably are wary of newcomers. They may have well-founded reasons to do so. In many cases, those in the land fear the newcomer, the other, perhaps because they look different and seem to them a threat. Instead of seeing Isaac and Rebekah's success as good for everyone, Avimelech is jealous, feels threatened, and expels Isaac and his family. How Isaac responds is what earns him a spot as our second patriarch. How Isaac responds defines his character, serving as a role model we desperately need to reclaim in our day and age. When told to leave, Isaac recognizes there is plenty of space for all to thrive. Instead of challenging Abimelech or being embittered by his harsh treatment, he relocates, finding another place for his family. This place, too, was filled with possibilities. Isaac instructs his servants to dig up the wells his father had dug once again. And sure enough, living waters flowed. The local herdsmen contested Isaac's claim to the well. Isaac's response, move on to another well. As the text tells us, the local herdsmen were even more incensed with outright hostility towards Isaac and his family. Isaac's response, move on and dig up another well. Third time's a charm. The text explicitly tells us that the herdsmen no longer quarreled over this well. This was the breakthrough well, named Expansive. Of course, what's left out of the biblical story makes room for our imagination to hear the conversations Isaac and his household had with the locals. I imagine that Isaac took the time to hear and understand what made the Philistines feel threatened by them. I imagine Isaac empathized with their fears as unfounded as they may have been and was committed to giving the relationship time, even if it took resettling his family and giving up 
on some of the wells that he could claim belonged to his family. Some may critically say, this is in character for Isaac, not standing up for himself and being taken advantage of those around him. Well, I see it differently. Actually, I see this as one of Isaac's superpowers. He simply wasn't concerned by how others perceived him. Isaac knew that the only sustainable path was to move from fear and disdain of the other to mutual understanding and respect. That means listening, really listening to the other. That means being able to respectfully articulate your own point of view. And the fruits of this kind of relationship doesn't ripen overnight. The seeds planted sometimes take generations to grow roots. And sadly, that long road to reconciliation is often strewn with collateral damage. In time, and this was Isaac's faith, in time there is a well that is deep enough and wide enough and expansive enough to quench the world's thirst. There is ample water to make fruit and flowers blossom in the desert. How fitting that Toldot coincides with the beginning of the Hebrew month of Kislev, the month of the Hanukkah miracle. Like our patriarch Isaac, the light from the Shamus, the helper candle, is not diminished by extending the flame to the other eight candles. Isaac and Kislev represent a mindset of abundance in the face of a cultural paradigm of scarcity. When we see the divine light in ourselves and others, we have tapped into that place of expansiveness that Isaac calls Rehovot. It's Isaac that helps us channel the better angels of our nature.